Good evening, good evening again, Baltimore. Welcome to Man in the Mirror. I am your host, Hezekiah L. Montgomery, with our co-host, Michelle Johnson. We are doing something different tonight. We're having our pre-Easter show, discussing and questioning about what Christ went through before our Resurrection Day. And as always, before we get started, we will open up in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we just bow down as humble servants, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for lying down last night, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for waking us up to a day we've never seen before, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done in our lives and are going to do, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for you dying on the cross for our sins, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this resurrection time, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you had to go through, everything that you had to experience. We just want you just to know that we just thank you, Lord, and we honor you for everything you've done in our lives when you went to that cross. And, Lord, we just pray that all those who listen, all those who will listen after tonight, Lord, that they remember that they know that you did it for them. You did it for me. You did it for them. You did it for all of us. And we shall never fail to give you all glory, honor, and praise. We ask all these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Okay, a few notes before the show starts. With Resurrection Sunday being this Sunday coming up and everyone being in church on Good Friday evening, man and mayor, that's us, you know, we chose to do our pre-Easter show tonight, Thursday, April 20th, Thursday, April 13th, 2017 at 9 p.m. We love you guys, our listening audience, and we want you to respect, we want to respect all of you who will be celebrating this holiday, holidays that are upon us. Everyone in church and even in the world knows that this this verse that always says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's what Easter is all about, Michelle. God gave his all. And that's a very Amen. interesting verse. That's a very interesting verse because I don't know any parent that would sacrifice their child for others. And people don't realize what is that saying. He said he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever shall, that whosoever believes in him should not perish. So he didn't want anybody to perish in the shell, so he gave his only begotten son. Do you know any parents today that would actually do that? you know, sacrifice their child for someone else or for something else? Absolutely not. So that that takes nothing but love. Um, And we just, you know, we're going to go, we're going to back up a little bit. You know, we're going to back up. We just had Palm Sunday. And the, the interesting thing is that most of our children don't understand what Palm Sunday is all about. All they're saying is, hey, so they're getting some palms. But we have to really think about what was going on on Palm Sunday because I wrote a play years ago. I wrote a story years ago. I lost it, but I wrote it. Um, 
It said that Jesus came as a baby, which we celebrate on Christmas, December 25th. He came as a baby, but knowing that 33 years later that he would die on a cross and our sins. Now, with that knowing, you've known this your whole life, and people realize he lived he lived a life. He was a carpenter. You know, he worked along with his father. He was obedient to his parents. You know, even when he was 12 years old in the temple, he still was obedient to his parents. And I like that scripture that says, you know, when they came, when he got, you know, they, they lost him and he was in the temple teaching, he said, I must be in my father's business. It also goes on to say, you know, Mary pondered those things in her heart, so she never forgot about those things because that's almost a time to me. Michelle, that he started his ministry. You know, at 12 years old, he was teaching, talking to the Sadducees and Pharisees. But he knew at the age, from the time that he was born, that he knew the time was coming. The time was winding down. The time was, you know, every year he lived with his parents. He was obedient to them. He, he learned a trade of a carpenter. So he worked like we did. So people may not understand that, but he worked. But then he knew at the age of 30, it was time for him to start his ministry, to go out and pick his 12 disciples that that was going to be with him for the next three years. And after those three years was coming, then he knew his time was winding down. And um, it said, and I'm going to read a little little bit. It says, and um, Matthew verses, Matthew chapter 7, I mean, I'm sorry, let me get that verse back. Matthew, we got to get to Matthew. Matthew chapter 21, because we just had Palm Sunday. Again, people don't realize what Palm Sunday was about, but we're going to tell them. Matthew 21, 1 to 11, it says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her coat by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what, the spoken, what was spoken through the prophet. Say unto say to Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their coats on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth and Galilee. So it's kind of interesting, Michelle. Uh, we are singing hosannas and glorious hosannas unto him and just prophesying and just, hey, this is who is it? I mean, they took the branches. That's where we get the palms from. They took the branches off the palm trees and trees and put it down for him to walk on like he was royalty. 
not knowing as soon as that soon as that was to start, soon as that was happening, other things were happening in the background. Not knowing that five days later, it's kind of you know it's kind of interesting when people praise you one day and the next day they saying crucify, crucify, crucify. I'm not, I, I'm not understanding that if you love me this time, what made the change? Why don't you love me now? So I could never fathom that because it's like you're praising this man who has done miracles for the past three years, who has done so much to show who he is and who he was and what he's done. The next time we come across five days later, you're saying, crucify him. And, again, let's back up. For God so loved the world that he gave. So, how, again, how many of us would take that time and say, hey, look, I'm going to give my son for you. I'm going to give my daughter for you. I'm going to give my child for you. And if I know, if I ask any parent right now, they will look at me like I have three heads on the shelf, but I understand that, and I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that we have to look at what was gone, but Christ also knew what he came for. Christ knew what he came for. Christ knew what he came for, and with that said, he knew what he had to do. He knew that, again, from the time he was born. He knew that from the time that he was born that, yes, I have to die. Yes, I have a ministry. Yes, I have to build up 12 men to strengthen them, to have them ready to, to, to do great things in the world. They may not know it. They may not understand it. But they will do great things in the world. And, and 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 that's one thing that, you know, we got to realize that he knew what was going on. He knew that he was going to be betrayed. You know, he knew that Judas Iscariot was going to betray him. And I remember writing in my book about what was on Judas' mind. Because one thing we got to realize, that Christ loves us all. And I just, just did, went back in my mind and said, you know, when we talk about the portrayal of Judas, and it says this in um, Luke chapter 22. When Judas agrees to betray Jesus, Luke chapter 22, now the festival of the unleavened bread called the Passover was approaching, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus. I remember they were just praising him at one time, and you got those people in the background saying, hey, he's just getting too popular right now. For they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve, and Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple and Guard and discuss with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give them money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them. The crowd, when no crowd was present, because we always want to do things in secret, he wanted to make sure no one was around because they wanted to make sure everything was done in secret. But Jesus already knew this. Jesus knew that 
You know, Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him, but this was all in a plan. You know, everything is a, how shall we say, everything is going through the process. Because if we didn't go through the process, we, would, we wouldn't be here where we are today with the ability for our life to be changed, with the ability to be saved. Because we have to realize that Christ came to save. And, yes, when we go through that verse, John 3.16, everybody forgets about verse 7, um, um, John 3.17, for God, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So each time we picture these stories that we hear every Christmas, I mean, every Easter, excuse me, every Easter, we had to go through this process. Everything was a process that Jesus had to go through in order for us to be saved. Amen. Any comments or um, questions? Any comments, Michelle? Well, I just wanted to say, you know, well, first of all, we, we need to, just like when we do for Christmas, that uh, say that people really need to remember what this time of year really, really means and not, you know, trivialize it with the candy and the eggs and the Easter egg hunts and all the things that go go on. And I know we want our uh, children especially to, you know, have fun when there's an opportunity for them to do things. But we definitely have to take the time to really explain to them so that they can begin to fully realize, you know, what kind of sacrifice was made even for them because they're children, but but the sacrifice was for us all. And so they need to understand that, you know, as early as they can, you know, what, what really happened. So I think that's one of the most important things that we need to try to remember Um, during this time, and then also just to take time and and meditate on God and his goodness because he first loved us. And that scripture, John 3.16, really, you know, tells us that. But that's why the sacrifice happened. But he first loved us. And so we should want to love him back, and we should want to be obedient children for him and want to, you know, praise him and glorify him for what he's done. So I think those are some of the most important lessons that we can learn from very early on to now, you know, that we need to keep those things in mind because, I know you remember, um, everybody probably remembers the movie, The Passion of Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember it because I was in literal tears watching what they were doing on the screen. But I, that that wasn't why, you know, why I was in tears just watching it because I knew that was an actor and I knew this was a movie. But I was in literal tears because I knew that that is really what happened, that those were real events, 
if not exact, closely resembling what happened to Christ and and that he did that for us. And that is the part that, that brought me to tears. I was just in uncontrollable tears in the movie because I felt every whip, every claw, every everything and, and and it was just awe inspiring to me to to know that he endured that kind of thing for me. So, you know, we had to take this thing personal. Mm-hmm. And we gotta realize that because they gave him thirty nine strikes because the four they say forty strikes would kill a man. So they he had to bear thirty nine strikes for us. And people gotta realize that and I and I'm glad you brought that up about what we are teaching our children. And let me back up. You're listening live with Man in the Mirror with your host Hezekiah L. Montgomery and co host Michelle Johnson. We're doing our pre Easter show as uh, many people will be in church tomorrow night on Good Friday hearing the word. So we're having our pre-Easter show tonight, just, you know, making sure that we're all in church tomorrow night and just, you know, being respectful for the holidays and make sure we're all prepared for Resurrection Sunday. Growing up, we used to say Easter Sunday. But as we get older and have a better understanding, we call it Resurrection Sunday. And I want to back up again of course, uh, uh, what Michelle was speaking about because she spoke about what well, our kids think is all about candy and stuff. And I did a little research while she was talking. And it says, according to some sources, the Easter Bunny first arrived in America in the 1700s with German immigrants who settled in Pennsylvania and transported their tradition of an egg-laying pair called Osterhaus or Osterhaus, their children made nests in which the creature could lay its colorful eggs. So we're talking about something that's over 300 years old of a tradition. Okay. Then I've seen it again. Um, It says, you will find the Easter Bunny in the Bible, but many cherished Easter traditions have been around for centuries. The most prominent secular symbol of the Christian holiday, the Easter Bunny reported, reportedly was introduced again to America by German immigrants who brought over their stories of an egg-laying hare. The decoration of eggs is believed to date back to the least the 13th century, while the rite of the Easter parade has even older roots. Other traditions, such as consumption of Easter candy, are among the modern additions to the celebration of this early springtime holiday. Again, it just talks about these are traditions that are nowhere in the Bible, as you said, and our children, who we love so dearly, are the ones who take these holidays and think, well, it's time to get candy, jelly beans. It's time to do the eggs. It's an old tradition that the Germans brought over. It's not even something that the Americans created. We've taken on holidays that other countries have developed, brought them over here, and we've we've taken it and run with it. And now, as I heard on the news this morning, Michelle, that Easter, I mean, a holiday brings a lot of money, brings in Uh a lot of money, and we forget about we uh, all the holidays in the beginning of the year bring all the holidays bring a lot of money. You got Christmas, 
billions of dollars. You got Valentine's Day, billions of dollars. You you now we have, we're into Easter, you know, billions of dollars over a holiday. But we've taken we've become numb as a society to what it was all about. And that's my issue right there. We become none as a society of what Easter was all about. It's not Easter, it's Resurrection Sunday. It's about Christ being betrayed by a dear friend who was with him for over three years. It's about, you know, Christ being, you know, forgotten by one of his, which I talk about, about, you know, we had Judas who agreed to betray him. Then he's at the Last Supper. Then we go about, you know, when, you know, Simon said, when he told Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift, sift you all as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brother. What Jesus is saying there is that, you know, Simon said, I'm, I, we're going to be with you to the end. But Jesus is new. He knows us. He knows, our, you know, but the word said, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks in our heart. He knows what's inside of us. And he knew that Peter was going to deny him three times. But he said, Satan has chosen to sift all of you, not just Peter, as wheat. But I pray for you. Jesus continually was, in, was praying for them. That's why when he was in the um, Garden of Gethsemane, he was praying that this, that this cup, that he wouldn't have to do this, but he was also praying for them. And he asked them to stay and pray, but they were tired. He was just like a stone throw away, but they were tired. So basically Jesus was going through, but he knew what each person was going through. He wasn't, this is a process that he was going through. This was a process that he was going through. And as soon as we know, we know the story, as soon as Peter disowned Jesus, now he just somebody he was with for over three years, as soon as somebody, you was with him. No, no, don't, never knew him before. I'm sure, no, 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 no. And at the third time, the cock crowed, because he was told before the cock crows three times, you will deny me. Now, when somebody tells you that, we tell our kids stuff all the time. We know what's going to happen. Nah, mom, nah, dad, y'all know what y'all talking about, okay? And he felt sad after that. And as soon as that cop, if you read the if you read the scriptures, Jesus was in a distance, and he seen a look on Jesus' face, and it was almost that he was ashamed because again, he Jesus told them, before the cock crows three times, you will deny me. Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And that was the look, and I'm going to read it. Peter, this is the last time. Peter replied, man, I'm going to read the whole thing. Then seizing him, they led him away, talking about Jesus, took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance because he, you know, he wanted to see what was going on. And when some, some there had, had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. 
a little later, someone else saw him and said, you are, you are also one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Gentile. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Now, that's a look of, if, if, if Peter was, if that was my look, I would probably wish I would have shrunk down to the size of an ant and could walk away. Uh-huh. Peter then remembered what the words of the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you would have shown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. So, again, this was a step-by-step process that Jesus was telling them, this is, I'm going to be with you a short time. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be, you know, crucified. I'm going to have to go, but I'm going to send somebody to be with you. But they weren't listening. They thought they wanted him to be king. Yeah, we're going to bring him as king. He's going to come in as a donkey. A few days later, you know, a few days later, days going by, they're taking him to court. They're doing this and they're doing that. But when Peter heard that cock crow, or that rooster crow, I can imagine what was going on in his mind. Any comments in the show? Well, I think we do the same thing that Peter did today. So how how must Christ feel <laughs> about some of us? <laughs> uh, we we fortunate. I don't know whether it's fortunately or or unfortunately. We don't aren't able to see that look in his face, the look in his eyes, you know, when we do this to him. But some of us do it because we don't want people to think that we're too square or too holy roly to, you know, hang out with them. We're still straddling the fence a little bit. And so mm-hmm. we don't want people to, you know, think that we're too holy and sanctified that they don't invite us to the party or invite us to happy hour or invite us out to hang and things like that. So, you know, when we do that sort of thing, when when we don't act like what we know, because we, we know a lot, but we don't always act like what we know. When we do that, we are denying Christ afresh. We're doing the same thing. And, you know, it's always, you know, they do those um, the memes on Facebook. Everybody loves doing memes. And, uh, you know, it's memes, it's memes because people really, really do that. Like they, you know, they really just deny all their Christendom sometimes, so they can fit in, but we're supposed to be set apart, not fitting in, Amen. and and we're supposed to be the salt of the earth, which means we're supposed to give the, the party the flavor, but it's the flavor of Christ. It's not supposed to be of, of anything gold, so it, it's interesting sometimes, you know, how we can parallel some things in the Bible. No, we're not in Bible days. And no, you know, no, everybody's not walking around wearing togas and sandals and things like that. Yes, we have evolved, but 
we still do the same things and still make mm-hmm. the same mistakes that people that are written about in the Bible. And that's one of the reasons that those stories and parables and all that are there as well. God wanted those to be there to show us that we aren't the first ones to do it. We won't be the last, that there's a way that we can really live a holy life and still be happy and fulfilled uh, in this in this world while we're here. And so I, I just think that, you know, that's important for us to, to know that, you know, that is a form of denying Christ anew when we do, when we deny the, the uh, faith, the righteousness that's within us uh, in, in order to fit in. So I think we ought to, we ought to definitely keep that in mind. I, I know I try to keep it in mind as well. Amen, amen, amen. And you're right. And I like that. You know, we, you know, we just, not just happening to Peter, we do it every day. We always have to ask God to forgive us because when we, you know, when we sin, we are denying Christ. We have to, you know, we have to realize that's why He gave us that verse, First um, John one nine. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You're listening live with Man in the Mirror with your host Hezekiah L. Montgomery and co-host Michelle Johnson. You can call in at 917-889-2271 or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash in dash Demera. We are at that half hour mark at this wonderful talk I'm enjoying having because we need to have these conversations. We need to be able to teach our children what the real meaning of Easter is all about. We need to tell our children what Christ did for all of us. You know, because, you know, we need to teach them from a child on up so they will know what Christ really did and what he had to go through. And I like how Nishab brought up, you know, the passion of Christ, because a lot of people that have seen it real were horrified, but that was a horrified mm-hmm. reality. They need Sometimes we need to see the reality of what something is. We can talk about it. We can hear about it. We can read about it. But if it's visually put in front of us, that's a whole different story. That was a horrified reality of what Christ had to go through. But we're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to have a couple of notes from our sponsor, supporters, Music Instruction for All Learners, Inc., where music knows no age. If you're inter- interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact us at 443-574-5491 and set up an appointment to talk to our instructors. And please visit us on our website at www.mesalinc.org. Please join us on Sunday, April 23rd, 2017 at 4 p.m. as Mesal is doing our next 12 and 12. We will. This will be our fourth church, and the church we will be at will be Columbia Worship Center at 5513 Twin Twin Nose Road, Columbia, Maryland, 21045. Come and support support the cause as we continue to bring awareness of our program. Another sponsor is Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, and motivate and change the lives of full-figured women. 
Curvy Chicks of Boss Chicks too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Curvy Boss Project. We're going to now take a break, and I want you guys to come back as we continue our Man in the Mirror pre-Easter show. Because anytime you sing about Jesus, how many of you know there's something about that name? There's, there's something about that name. I want you to listen to it. Let's let the Lord bless us in this song.
because something is happening right now. Something is happening right now. I feel it at all. I feel his presence. I feel his presence. I feel his anointing. Because there's something about something about that name. Something about that name. Because we're talking about 
what Easter is really about and what it isn't, you know, as we're growing up. For years, we're calling it Easter, but it's actually Resurrection Day, you know, the day that Christ died. Because as we go through this week, many of us now know that each day for the past few days, Jesus was going through something as he's getting ready to go to the cross, which was Good Friday. You know, as he was getting ready to go to the cross each day from Sunday when they were praising him on Palm Sunday. And after that, they, each day he was doing something different, going through something different to prepare him. It didn't just happen overnight, but it was just going through something different to prepare him. You know, as they were getting ready to crucify him, Michelle, as they were like, you know, we love you one moment, because people will love you for a second. But then they want, then they're ready to give you up on the next. So you know, we'll just we'll just do you know what Easter was. You know, and the show brought up in the last segment that our children think is about the candy and the Easter eggs and stuff like that. And while she was talking, I did my research, and the Easter eggs basically were a German tradition that were brought over in the Pennsylvania area and spread out all over the world. So it's been centuries since that Easter egg came, but it was not something that's in the Bible. So we have to get back to teaching our children this show what is really going on about the holiday, about, you know, what Christ came to do. Yes, we te- all, everybody knows this one verse, the gospel of the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever believeth in him should should not perish but have everlasting life. But again, they forget the second part. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So he came to save us. He didn't come to condemn us, even our children. But it's, it's not an easy thing just to say it. But do we understand it, and are we living it? Because, you know, yeah, Peter denied him three times, and you mentioned, you know, we mentioned, um, you also mentioned that, hey, we do stuff wrong every day. And we're doing the same to Christ. We're putting him, many, many of us are putting him back on the cross. He was on the cross once, but many of us continue to put him back on the cross from the way we live. And we have to stop that. We basically have to stop. We have to stop it. We have to realize what the real meaning of a resurrection day, you know, Satan thought he lost. Satan thought he won when he put had him up on the cross. And one of my favorite Bible heroes, and I say this all the time, was the thief on the cross. Because he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He knew Jesus was what didn't do anything. He knew Jesus was pure. He knew Jesus was up there for the wrong reasons. And Jesus stopped dying. Many of us are so busy when people are talking to us, we don't even listen. Many of us are so busy that when people are trying to give our attention, we ignore them. We're in our phones 24-7. We're watching TV 24-7. I mean, we may be driving in on our phones like we're not supposed to, but we forget what the real meaning of the holiday was. real meaning of it is when Christ died for us, and we crucify him back on that cross every day in the show. So we got to remember, hey, he did it for us. He did it for us. Again, he did it for us. He didn't have to, 
but he did it for us. Um, any questions or comments, Michelle? No questions. Uh, I'm just, I'm glad, I'm glad he did it for us. <laughs> I am glad he did it for us. I was thinking about when you were playing that song, and I was like, boy, that's a good, that is a really good song for right now. Because just saying his name, it should bring forth the power of what he did for us. Just saying his name to know what he did, you know, that should be a powerful thing to us to call on the name of Jesus because we know how much he loved us because of what he did. He was willing to do that for us. So, you know, I just thought that was a good um, song choice. I'm sure you picked it strategically, but I thought that was a good song choice for, you know, what we're talking about. So I think, you know, we just, we got to be very happy. We have to be appreciative of what he really, really did for us. Yes, we really do. And I like what that song says. Something happens when we call on that name of Jesus. Something does happen when we call on that name Jesus. I'll say it again. Something does happen when we call on that name Jesus because we got to realize Jesus saves, and that's the song right there. Uh-huh. Jesus saves. Jesus saved. He came in to save us. He came in to save us. I'll say it again. He came to save us. Amen. I'm looking something up. I was going to say, you going because, anywhere with that, or is ahead. it just that? That's just it. Now, I was saying, are you going somewhere with that, or was that just it? That's enough. But I was oh, that's it. That's enough. Somewhere with that. That's enough right there. That's enough. But, um, again, we just got to realize what this, this, you know, we got to really get back to the old school, teach our children what this holiday is all about. Teach our children, when we take them to church, what do the seven sayings of the cross mean? Because each of those sayings of the cross has something that's really important. And I'll say it again, that, that each of the sayings of the cross is something that's really important. And I'm going to read um, in Luke, because Luke was the one, Luke was a doctor, and Luke was really precise and when he wrote doctors write stuff, they are really precise and, you know, detailed about what they write and talk about. And I'm going to read about the crucifixion of Christ, Luke 23, 26 to 43. It says, as the soldiers led him away, they see Simon the Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and called for him. Jesus turned and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed is the childless woman, the woman that never bore and the breast that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us. And to the hills, cover us. For if people do the things 
when when people do these things when the tree is green, what will they do when it is dry? So that's a, that's a question he was asking them. If you do these things to him when a tree is green, what will you do when a tree is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And he's still saying, forgive them. Now, that's love right there. All I can say is that love. Michelle, he is still saying, Father, forgive them, for they they don't know what they're doing. And I'm like to myself, he's a better man than I am because I would have been ready to say, like, okay, it's time to take them down. But he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. And they didn't, because if they knew who he was, they wouldn't have did it. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself, if he is God, Messiah, and the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a, a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews, one of the criminals who, and this is what I was talking about, one of the criminals who hung there, hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and for us. And the show, that's that self-centeredness. Look, I'm up here. You up here. Let's get this all out. He said, save yourself and us. But the other criminal, which I love so much, rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. So if you think about it, he must have seen Jesus somewhere before, Michelle, and know that this man hasn't done anything but love people, save people, heal people raise people from the dead. This man hasn't done anything, but we are getting, because I'm a criminal, I'm getting what I deserve. I'm a sinner. I'm getting what I deserve. Then Jesus said, remember, then he said, Jesus, remember me coming to your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you that today you will be with me in paradise. So Jesus took time to even talk to someone while he was hanging on the cross with a nail in his right hand, a nail in his left hand, a nail in both his feet. You know, he was scourged 39 times because 40 times would have killed him right there. They, oh, they wanted him just to suffer. They wanted, I, we don't want to kill you yet. We want you to suffer. So, but he took that time. And all I can say is that's love because you have to show that kind of love to take time to stop. When you up there saying, you know, on the cross, same as them, but he took time to show love for that person and said, today I'll be with, you'll be with me in paradise. And I can say that's, that's love because, you know, only God can do that. Man can't do that. You know, the first guy said, save you and me. Save us. 
But this guy wasn't worried about himself. All he said is, remember me. I, he ain't say save me. People don't realize what he said. Just remember me. You know, I don't know what's going to happen to me, but he said, just remember me. And Jesus said today, he ain't say, well, you're going to have to wait. I always make a joke of it. Well, you got to do seven Hail Marys. You got to get off and jump up and down on one foot. You got to, because people make you go through hoops and hollering hoops to do this and do that. Jesus didn't do that. He said, immediately, today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. So we have to remember, we got to tell our kids this. Jesus takes time. Regardless, Jesus took time even when he was dying. We got to remember to tell our kids, this is, it's not about the Easter bunny. It's not about the candy, even though the candy is good. It's not about the chocolate. Well, the chocolate is good too, Michelle. But it's about <laughs> what it truly represents. And it represents Christ being on a cross and dying for our sins. That's what it's all about. About him resurrecting on the third day. You know, he's on his way. You know, if we picture it, if we think, you know, look about the passion of Christ and think about those stories, he did all that for us. That's love. That's what it was all about. We're winding down our last few minutes of the show. Michelle, do you have any closing comments? Uh, I actually wanted to read uh, a couple of verses of Scripture, which I think are super fitting with with all that we have been talking about. So it's from First Peter, chapter one, verse one through five. That's what I'm going to read. And you know, I have a bad memory, so we didn't we didn't read these scriptures, did we? I was asked to ask. I'm not remembering either. <laughs> okay, so it reads. And this is the New Living Translation. It reads, this letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God, the Father, knew you and chose you long ago. And his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And though and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Amen. 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 
I think I think wow. that was just a fitting a fitting scripture for what what all we've been talking about because it's talking about what he really has done for us and and what the end game really is. We are foreigners, just like the people who lived in Pontus and Galatia. We are foreigners here, and we have a long-reaching future with Christ if we just accept and acknowledge and don't deny him before others. Yeah, because, again, you don't want to be like like Peter, because we do it all the time. You don't want to be like Peter and deny him, because if you deny him, he's going to deny. If you deny him before people, he's going to deny you, us, through his father. And we don't want that. Nobody wants that. I know. Amen. I know nobody wants to be denied. You know, nobody wants to be denied their inheritance. That is one thing you don't want to deny, to be denied. And I, I would like to truly thank all of you who have been listening tonight, you know, and, you know, talking to us. If you were just listening, that's a good thing. We, you know, just we covet your prayers. We truly enjoyed our priest's show. We we want you guys a blessed and wonderful Resurrection Day. I was going to say Easter, but I'm going to say Resurrection Day, you know. And let's continue to teach our children what the real reason for Easter is. It's not about the Easter bunny, which came from a German, a German tradition, laying eggs. Uh, bunnies do not lay eggs. We know what bunnies really lay. Um, if you have any more questions and comments, you know, the information will be in our event page. And, again, we want you guys to have a blessed and wonderful Resurrection Day. I hope you guys will all be in church tomorrow night because we will. And, as always, this is Hezekiah Montgomery signing off. And we'll see you at Era.
Or dry as an empty bed 